Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Please do keep your Bibles open. You're going to need them because we're going to look at these words. Uh, so whether it's on your phone or in printed form, doesn't matter. But just make sure you've got sight of uh, Genesis chapter 12, please. Uh, it's great to be back, f- for me at least, from um, some time off. And so encouraging to see you all here tonight. And as I've shared a bit about what I am sensing God calling me to, I want to say to you tonight that discerning God's call on your life is probably one of the most important priorities of your life. And for each one of you, there is both a a general call and a specific call from God. And so the general call is the same for all of us. God calls all of us to come to him, to receive the salvation that is given us through Jesus Christ to be reconciled with God and to give our lives to the Lord Jesus as we repent and put our faith and trust in him. That's our our general call, but our specific call will be different for each one of us. And every single one of you are called by God. And that call might involve your work, your family, your friends, the money that you have, It might involve the places God calls you to and the roles that he has for you. And for me, being before I was a vicar, I worked in business for 12 years and I loved working in business, being on that front line, which many of you are, that's the place where you are, Monday to Friday, and that's partly why I think God has called me into this LICC role, because that is where God needs you and wants you to be a light in the darkness. But actually, 18 years ago, if I were to wind the clock back a bit, uh, Liz, my wife, and I hoped and expected that God was going to call us out to Tanzania to be international missionaries. We've been out a number of times, and we loved going out there, and we built up a, a network and a group of friends and supporters, and we were just waiting for that, that sort of confirmation from God to say, yes, go. And I think I've shared with some of you, I was stood on a runway in Dar es Salaam in Tanzania, and it was a baking hot day, even hotter than yesterday. And, um, and God whispered to me, and he said, I need you in England. And I was devastated. <laughs> And that was the beginning of this call of, from God to me, not only to come back to England and for Liz and myself to root ourselves here, but to begin to pray in earnest for this country. And God began to give me a burden for this nation and even call me to join the Church of England. Can you imagine? What I would say is this call has been costly Financially, emotionally, personally, spiritually, it's involved me and Liz and our family laying down what we thought we might want to follow God's call. And that journey of discernment, as you've just heard from me, continues. 
And it does for you too as we together ask God, Lord, what are you calling us to? Every one of you is called by God. There's a call on us individually and there's a call on us as the church, as the body of Christ. And so we're going to take six weeks looking at this series on calling and look at different characters in scripture and God's call to groups and individuals so that we together can hear God's voice. That is what I am praying for us, that we would hear, you would hear God's voice calling you. So let's start with some prayer and then we'll have a look at Genesis chapter 12. And by the way, this isn't just me praying. I really like you to pray and we're going to ask God to speak to us. Is that all right? Great. A couple of nods. So Lord, we we love to be in your presence. We love to worship you. We thank you so much for your word that we can gather here tonight. We can open the Bible. We can wrestle with these words. And we pray, Jesus, over these six weeks that you would speak to each one of us. That we would hear your voice. We would know your call. And so, Lord, as we look at these words now, your servants are listening. Speak to us, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Abraham is such a pivotal character in the redemptive history of the world. And his call from God teaches us something really important. As we ask this question, God, what are you calling us to? But to understand God's call on Abraham's life, we need to, and I often do this, we need to sort of pan out and have a look at what has been happening up to this point from Genesis 1 to Genesis chapter 12. So flick through the early pages of Genesis with me as we do this. As you know, God created the heavens and the earth. God looks down and he sees that humanity turns from him and sin enters the world as Adam and Eve uh, disobey God and from that moment on sin and evil enter this world. Genesis chapter 6 if you flick to it we see the wickedness of the world was so great that God floods the earth to rid it of evil but he makes a covenant with one man Noah why Noah? Well, the answer is here in the scriptures because we read Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Now, I mean, I could almost stop there. If you want to know what God's call is on your life, righteous, blameless, and faithful. That was Noah. We carry on in Genesis chapter 11. It returns to this sinful pattern of humanity. We read about the Tower of Babel. People are trying to build a name for themselves instead of honoring God's name. And so God scatters people around the world. He mixes up their languages. And then at the end of chapter 11, there's a bit more family tree, and we finally arrive at Abraham. Chapter 12, the beginning of God's plan to redeem this world the opening verse verse one is as we've read the Lord said to Abraham go from your country your people and your father's household to the land I will show you 
the first thing that we can learn in this passage is that God's call involves sacrifice. God's call involves sacrifice. Abraham, um, we read, came from the land of Ur, and it, it was a place that was known for worshipping other gods. In fact, in particular, the moon god. And if you read, um, you can do this later this week or tonight, Joshua chapter 24, it tells us that Abraham had been worshipping these other gods. So it wasn't that Abraham was living a perfect life. He was in this melting pot of sin and um, worshipping other gods. And yet God chooses Abraham and God calls Abraham. And this call comes at a cost. It involves sacrifice. Abraham, we read, was called to leave his country, his people, and his father's household. He probably lived in this same place for most of his life, and yet God is saying, let go of familiarity, and let go of this comfortable place you're in, and choose to follow me, God. And I want to say to us that being comfortable and following God's call do not go hand in hand. You know, God is not calling you to a life of being comfortable. You know, God is a God of comfort, and that is something very different, but he's not calling us to live a life that is comfortable. In fact, have a look at the cross. That is the picture that God has given us of the life that he calls us to. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. You and I are called to sacrifice comfort, our preferences, our desires, our time, our money, our wants, our wishes, our will for God's will. Think about Jesus calling the rich young man to let go of his wealth. He called the disciples to step away from their jobs. And he calls here Abraham to leave his land, his home, his family. What is God calling you to sacrifice as you seek to follow his call on your life? What is God calling you to sacrifice? There are going to be things. It involves letting go. It involves pain sometimes. But this is our perspective. We will never pay the price that was paid for us. What is God calling you to sacrifice? The second thing that we see in here is that God's call involves blessing. Uh, now, already you might breathe a sigh of relief and say, well, this sounds much better already, David. Not sure about the sacrifice bit, but we like the blessing. Um, we use this word a lot in church circles. What does it mean to be blessed? What is God's blessing? Have a look with me at Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. So Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. I don't think I've got the same Bible as all of you. So it might be a different page number. If you get to it, just shout it out. 5170. There's not 5,000 others, sorry. 1170. 
1170. Brilliant, thank you. Galatians 3, uh, verse 14. And in there we read, it says that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Paul is writing about this blessing of Abraham coming to the Gentiles, that's the, the non-Jews, through Jesus. Now hold that in your thoughts, because when we think of blessing, you know, often we'll think, well, blessing is about God, who is good, and he is, giving us good things, which he does. And we, in turn, put our hands out, and we say, yes, of course we want to receive those good things. But we often think about material things. You hear people saying, you know, it's such a blessing to have a car or a roof over our head or whatever it may be. But have a look at Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. God says to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, blessing in part is about approval. I think of uh, when I proposed to Liz, my wife, and uh, her father was in the army, and so I had to travel across three countries to get to him to ask for his permission to have Liz's hand in marriage. So I was asking for his approval, his blessing. But blessing is also about favour, about the presence of God with us. The presence of God with Abraham. Here we read that God spoke to Abraham. Genesis chapter 18, God visits Abraham's house. And in the book of James, we read that Abraham was God's friend. But even more than that, God's blessing is about Jesus. Because you and I deserve judgment for our sin, for the things that we've thought, said, and done that are wrong. But it is God's grace that he has sent Jesus, his son, to go to the cross to take our sin and the sin of the whole world upon himself so that we can know the blessing of God's forgiveness. We can know the blessing of walking with God in relationship with him. We know the blessing of being able to call God our father, Abba. We know the blessing of God to be temples of the Holy Spirit, walking, praying, talking, temples of the Holy Spirit. This is the blessing of God. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God's blessing. And for Abraham, this blessing was written all over his call, as you can see in the scriptures here. I will bless you, says God. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and all people on earth will be blessed through you. The favour and the approval of God with Abraham. And I am here tonight, if you listen to nothing else, to tell you the favour and the approval of God is with you favor and the approval of God is with each and every one of you and God wants to bless you and God wants you to be a blessing 
to all the people who you work with and your family and your friends and those you're going to come across this week wherever you are. But the life of Abraham shows us that there's a key to this blessing. And it's the last point, which is that God's call involves obedience. If you have a look at these words in Genesis 12, God promises the land of Canaan to Abraham. But Abraham had absolutely no idea when he set out where he was going. God promises a nation to Abraham, but Abraham was childless and he was 75 years old when he set out. And there might be some of you here tonight who are just thinking, well, you know, my time is done. God hasn't got a purpose for me. That is not God's truth. You are never too old. Nothing is impossible for God. And if he can use Abraham at 75 and turn around this situation when he was childless to be a blessing to the whole world, he can do something powerful, majestic and miraculous through you. Do you believe it? Does anyone believe it? Hallelujah. God promises to make Abraham a blessing to others. He had no idea what that meant when he heard that. But the blessing came. Have a look at Matthew chapter 1 in your Bibles, the genealogy. It begins the list with the name Abraham and it ends with the name Jesus, our Messiah. The blessing of Abraham passed down through the generations to us even sat here tonight because of that promise and that call over Abraham and his obedience to follow God. Christ came into this world as part of that line to be our Lord and our Saviour and our King and our Rescuer. But the key to this blessing for Abraham and for you and me is obedience to God. Have a look at verses 4 and 5. We read that Abraham went. It's a small word, but it's so important. You know, he didn't just say to God, well, I'll I'll, I'll give it some thought, Lord. I'll, I'll go meet my prayer partner and we'll, you know, come back to it in a year or so. Or he didn't say, I'm absolutely terrified. I don't know where I'm going. He went. He was obedient. He set out for the land of Canaan. And then in verse 6, we read the Canaanites were there. And that's quite awkward. You know, he'd obediently gone. He arrives in Canaan, and they're all there. And yet God speaks over Abraham, saying, I will give you this land. And so Abraham, in obedience, builds an altar to the Lord, and he pitches his tent in Bethel. God's holy ground. Now, as God calls you and me, we may not get answers to the questions, why, or what for, or where, or how. When God calls, he expects us to obey. You know, to have that childlike faith that Jesus speaks about, where we look to him and we say, God, you are good. God, you love me. 
God, your plans are good for me and I will walk in your way, in the path that you have set for me. And if we don't obey God the first time round, Scripture shows us clearly that God will call again and again and again and again. Acts 7, chapter 7, tells us that this was not the first time that God called Abraham. And I often say to people when they're trying to work out God's call in their lives, remember Jonah. It generally does not go well if you try and run and hide from God when he's calling you. But to hear that call, we've got to be close to God. We need to be walking with him. We need to be listening for that gentle whisper. The book of Romans tells us, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. You know, there is a tug of war going on in the spiritual heart of our nation at the moment. And it's like I'm watching the church being pulled in two directions. And one direction, it's just being pulled towards the world. Just going with whatever the world says and whatever the world does and whatever the world thinks. But there's another pull, which is saying that our God is holy and our God is righteous and our God is sovereign and we stand upon the word of God and God is seeking a holy people who are dedicating their lives to him, who are walking away from the ways of the world and walking in righteousness and holiness and purity. And God is seeking those people to stand up for him and to proclaim the gospel and to see his kingdom grow in this land. And God wants to bless England and God wants to bless you and I'm not trying to put all of this on you, but for all believers, and I include myself here, in order for us to see that blessing in our lives and in our church and in this land, the question is, are we willing to sacrifice and to obey God in order to see his purposes worked out? Are you willing? I want to give us some time to, to pray and to seek God. You know, that this isn't a game. This is, this is the spiritual battle that is raging over you and me and God's church and this nation. And God is far more powerful than any spiritual enemy that can come against him but he's looking for women and for men who are wholehearted disciples willing to say we will deny ourselves we will take up the cross 
And Jesus, we will follow you. So I just want to give you some time now to be still, to be quiet. I encourage you to just close your eyes, try and shut out the distractions. And I'm just going to lead us in a short prayer. And then I encourage you to seek God yourself. To ask him what he's calling you to. We read in the Bible, Samuel said, Lord, speak for your servants are listening. And Father, we want to hear from you today. We want to hear your voice, your call on us. And so show us now the ways in which you want us to make sacrifices, to surrender our lives, to cut out sin in our lives. Greed, pride, lust, whatever it may be. And Lord, we pray that you would give us childlike faith as we hear your voice. Give us faith to follow you. So in the silence and the stillness, come now, Lord Jesus. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. God's um, gonna, is calling us to respond in a, a few different ways and it might be just one or two of you here tonight and actually God is saying come to me you know, give your life to me he wants to rescue you he wants to pour down his love and grace and forgiveness upon you and in a minute if that's you as we stand and worship then just come and find me or one of the team at the front and we'd love to pray with you but I think there's also um, some of you here tonight and you, you can sense this spiritual battle over you in an area of your life and you need some prayer. And so just again, as we stand and worship in a minute, just come forward and maybe if the prayer team could come forward, um, we'd love to pray with you, stand with you and pray over you. But I also think, um, I said this morning, I think sometimes it's really good to respond physically. You know, it's very easy to sort of 
go through one of these services, worship God and then just skip out the door and into the new week. And actually, I think tonight God is saying, it's almost like God is saying, are you with me? You know, are you, are you willing to sacrifice and obey? And I wonder whether just as we turn to worship in a minute, if, if your answer is yes, then just come and, you know, I invite you to come and kneel at the front. And it's not about, you know, any of us. This is between you and God. But it's a, a way of you saying, Lord, I am yours. I give you my life. I surrender myself again to you. And I want to hear your call and follow you. So if you're able, can I invite you all to stand, please? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to return to worship. And if one of those things resonates, then come and get some prayer. If it doesn't, throw yourself into praising God. Jesus, we, we humble ourselves before you again. There is no greater place than to be in your presence. And we thank you, Lord, that your heart's desire is for us to run into your arms, Abba, Father. Thank you that you've made that possible through Jesus. And Lord, we're, we're overwhelmed and we're in awe at the fact that you call us by name. And so Jesus, help us to respond tonight ways that show you we give you our lives we respond to the cross by saying here we are Lord use us send us glorify your holy name through us and purify us Lord make us holy in your sight Jesus, that we would shine like stars, as it says in Philippians. The glory of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the Spirit of God, fill each one of us tonight as we lift our voices now and we proclaim our praise and love and thanks to you, our God and our Saviour. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you.